Welcome to Main Menu for April 24th, 2010. I'm Jamie Pauls. On this week's show, Raul Gallegos begins a series on using Thunderbird, an email client that continues to increase in popularity. Next, Main Menu staff member Tim Cummings reviews the Rode VideoMic. Finally, Juan Carlos Alicia gives us a quick review of the T-Mobile Dash running MobileSpeak version 4. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. Hello everyone, this is Raul Gallegos and welcome to my Thunderbird podcast. This is a podcast slash tutorial of how I like to use Thunderbird and how Thunderbird has met my email needs. I've been using Thunderbird since around mid-2007 and now we are in April of 2010. I've been actually meaning to record a podcast and tutorial for Thunderbird for a series of months now, but I haven't had time. Speaking of time, because of that, this tutorial will be done over a series of different recordings depending on how I have time. And so if you notice a difference in background or a difference in the tone of my voice or anything like that, that it's obvious that there's a break in the recording or some recording editing has been done, then that's the reason. Also, this tutorial is by no means the only way to use Thunderbird, but it is the way that I like to use Thunderbird and how it meets my needs. And so the disclaimer is that you need to take this tutorial as is, and if by listening to this tutorial things happen to you which I have no control over, such as your dog dying or your email exploding, you cannot come to me and say, hey, you caused it. So um, listen at your own risk is essentially how it works. Alright, so let's go ahead and start. For the machine on this, I'm using a Windows 7 64-bit machine with Windows 7.2. First thing I'm going to do is navigate to my Downloads folder and install Thunderbird. Start menu. Roll. D. D. Downloads. Downloads. Up. TH. Thunderbird setup 3.0.4. Alright, so we are going to install Thunderbird 3.0.4. Also, if I interrupt the speech, I do that just because it's going to say extra things which are pretty much either not relevant to the discussion or because the speech is going to say things that I'm going to be explaining anyway. So as soon as I press enter on this, UAC is going to come up and ask me if I want to allow Thunderbird to continue. Cancel button. Downloads. Button. No. End. Button dialog user account control. Do you want to allow the following program to make changes to this computer? Program name Thunderbird installer verify. Okay, so we, we definitely want to do that. Yes. Space. Secure your background fake client window. Thunderbird setup 3.0.4 date modified 4. Okay, so now the installer screen comes up. Mozilla Thunderbird setup. Welcome to the Mozilla Thunderbird setup wizard. This wizard will guide you through... Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Okay, so we're going to click next. Standard S radio button. And we're going to press enter on standard. Install I. And button. enter on this final confirmation. Cleaning up the birdcage. Dialog static box. <laughs> Launch Mozilla Thunderbird now. L checkbox checked. Okay, so installing Thunderbird is a very easy step. Of course, I didn't cover how to find Thunderbird to download it so that you can install it. 
that's my bad. So to find Thunderbird, simply go to Google using your favorite web browser, Firefox in my case, and you would type download Thunderbird email, and the first link that comes up is the Mozilla Thunderbird email page, and you just have to navigate to the download, and at the time of this recording, the current version is 3.0.4. So now I'm ready to go ahead and start Thunderbird, and as soon as I press enter on the finish button here, it's going to automatically launch Thunderbird, since that's what I want to do, that's how it's going to happen. And the first thing that's going to happen is the account, the initial account setup wizard will start. Downloads. Thunderbird setup 3.0.4. Date modified. Now, right there, it's reading the downloads window since it temporarily got focused. So we're going to silence the download, the reading of the downloads window. Mail account setup normal. Okay, so now I just read my screen here with Control Shift T, read the title. So that tells me I'm in the mail account setup. I'm actually going to alt-tab over to my downloads window and close that. Mozilla Thunderbird. Downloads. Downloads. Mail account there setup. There we go, since we don't need it. If I tab around... Your name. Email Password P. Cancel the button. Your name. Email address. Okay, so very basic information. Your name. Ed. Edit box. R-A-U-L space. A. Period space. G-A-L-E-G-O-S. Okay, so there's my name. That's how you want your email displayed. Email address. L-M-A-G-I-C-A-M-O-D-E-A-N-U-N-E-T And the email address is magic at asmodian.net Password P Edit box And then the password Star, 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 star Star, 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 star Okay, so I typed in the password Remember password M Checkbox check Yep, that's fine Cancel Continue Alright, so now when I press the spacebar on the continue button, the account setup wizard Space. is going to make an attempt to set up the correct settings for my email account. In many cases it will get it correct, however for my particular email setup it will not. And that's okay because if you're in a situation where it doesn't automatically get your email settings, you want to know how to be able to edit them. So I'm going to tab around. Start over. Edit. Manual setup. Cancel A. Create account. C button. Okay, so I have various buttons here. Start over, manual, Start over. edit, manual edit. Setup. cancel, cancel. Create, account. create account. C button. Create account would be if all the settings are correct. Now, how do I know if they're correct? I'll have to navigate my screen. So it's important that when you make your initial account setup that you know what your account settings are so that you'll know if they're working or not. And if you're not sure what your account settings are supposed to be, then your ISP deserves a phone call. Top left, your name, Raleigh Galegas. Your name, as shown to others. Okay, so that's correct. Email address magicasmodian.net. Okay, that's correct. Password. Start over. Now it's reading the screen as I hit the number 2 on the keypad to move down the screen. Thunderbird has found the settings for your email account. Username, Magic Edit. Okay, so it says that the username is Magic, and then it has the Edit button. And in this case, it is incorrect because of the fact that for my email setup, it requires the full email address for the username. So I'm going to tab to the edit button. Start over. Edit. E button. I'm going to press space. Space. And now I'm going to press tab. Password. P. And it edit. puts me Cancel A. Password. on the password. Remember password. Remember Start password. Over. Start username. over. Magic. And there's edit a username. Box. Now, with any edit box, if I start typing, it will erase what's currently there, but if I hit left and right arrow, C. it unchecks, or rather, it unselects the entire edit box, and now I can just start typing. 
So I'm going to read my current line with Control Numpad 5. And that's what I want. Retest configuration. R button. Okay, so now that I have made a change, I want to retest the configuration. So I'm going to press space. Space. And now Thunderbird is going to attempt to log into my mail server and see if this is correct. So after a while, if you tab. Start over. Edit. Eat manual setup at cancel. Create account. See button. Okay, there's a create account. So let's verify with the mouse pointer. In other words, let's review the screen. Top left, your name. Raleigh Galegas. Your name, as shown to okay, others. So that's correct. Email address, magicasmalian.net. Password. Remember password. Start over. Thunderbird has found the settings for your email account. Username, magicasmalian.net. Edit. Incoming, mail.asmalian.net. Imp143 startles. Okay, so now there is some additional information. Now it has populated the name of my mail server and the type of connection as well as the type of of um, encryption. So mail.asmodian.net is correct. It's using IMAP. Now there is a difference between IMAP and POP and I'm not going to get into a lot of the differences but I will tell you that in order to protect your email, especially if you're switching accounts, you may want to go with IMAP until everything's set correctly and then if you really want POP then go ahead and use POP. Um, me personally I use IMAP for just about everything and essentially the advantage of using IMAP is I can have Thunderbird set up with IMAP on my desktop at home, on my desktop at work, and on my netbook. And anywhere I launch Thunderbird from any of those three machines, my email accounts are essentially the same. A message that I delete from one computer is deleted automatically, or rather is not there anymore when I check it on the other computer. And you don't really have as much flexibility when you use POP. And so I use IMAP for stuff like that. And then it's also telling me that start TLS, uh, it's using the TLS type of security. I'm going to keep uh, scrolling down the screen. Outgoing mail.asmalian.net SMTP 465, SSL TLS. Okay, so the outgoing shows on ports 465 and it's using an SSL connection. And we'll be able to test that to see if that's correct. Manual setup cancel. Create account. And then there's my final buttons for manual setup, cancel, and create account. However, Start these are buttons that I can tab to. Create account. And there's my See create button. account button, so I'm going to hit space. Space. Okay, so now the account's created, and the next window pops up, so let's go ahead and read it. Mail account setup. Warning. Outgoing settings mail.asmodian.net does not use a trusted certificate. Technical details Thunderbird can allow you to get to your mail using the provided configuration. Okay, so you may or may not get such a screen... I get it because of the fact that I use a cPanel web hosting type of account, and so my personal domain, which is asmodian.net, its mail certificate doesn't match what the real server certificate is. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. All you have to do in this kind of situation is just go ahead and create the exception. So let's go ahead and tab around. Link. Technical details. I understand the risks. New checkbox unchecked. Okay, I understand the risks. Let's go ahead and check that. Space. Checked. Change settings. S button, create account, C button. Okay, create account. So this is sort of a disclaimer that Thunderbird is saying, hey, your server settings don't match with a secure authentication type of connection. So we just want to go ahead and check that box that I understand the risk and then click the Space. create Ask account button. The exception. Server location, okay, now here's another window that has to do with adding that security exception. That way we don't keep getting warnings about it every time. Cancel, server, location. Mail.asmodian.net 143 edit box. Server. Get certificate. 
the button. Okay, so all we have to do is go to the add exception. Certificate status. View V button. Certificate status. Permanently store this exception P checkbox check. Good. Confirm secure the exception. And there Z it button. is. So we're going to confirm the security exception. Space. Use Thunderbird as the default client for Listbox system integration. Okay, so now that the account's created, another dialog box comes up, and this goes into the initial Thunderbird setup itself. So we're done with the account creation, but now we need to customize the actual usage of Thunderbird. So this window comes up, and it asks you to integrate Thunderbird with Windows and message searching. I'm just going to leave it at the defaults. Allow Windows search to search messages. S checkbox unchecked. Always perform this check when starting Thunderbird. A checkbox checked. Okay. But space. Inbox Mozilla Thunderbird. Now you'll notice that I just received new email. It plays the default email tone. I took the initial effort of subscribing this email address to one of the GW Micro mailing lists, and so it's going to have some email there already. However, before we get into the nitty-gritty of reading and writing email, we need to set up Thunderbird for initial use. When it first loads, it has the email box, it has a welcome screen, and it has the preview pane turned on. So let's go ahead. The first thing we want to do is turn the preview pane off, and that's under the View slash Layout menu. So Alt-V followed by L. V, Cont L. And then I'm going to press up arrow. Message pane MFA checked. And there's my message pane, which is preview pane, message preview. It's got different names to it, but message pane. You want this to be off. So I'm going to press enter and remove the checkbox from it. Menu closed. Test one raw leg legus magicus modian dot net four fourteen twenty ten eight thirteen pm four fourteen twenty ten eight thirteen pm new one kb magicus modian dot net four one of one hundred eighteen list box. Okay, so it just read the first message on there. It's message number one of 118. So there's quite a bit of messages, and this is good because this allows us to play around with sorting, with message filters, and, and all kinds of neat little things. Um, as you notice, it read a lot of information, and toward the end it read the new status. And so later on in the tutorial, we'll be covering how to rearrange the status and what you actually hear. But first, we still have to do this initial account, uh, or rather, initial account. Uh, I'm done with the account. We need to do the initial Thunderbird setup. So the first thing we did is we turned off the preview pane. That's F8, or you can do an Alt-V followed by L, followed by up arrow, followed by Enter. All right, so the next thing we need to do is go to Tools and Options, Alt-T followed by O. T, address O, menu closed. Options general one of six list box. Okay, so the general options, or rather the Thunderbird options, has six major tabs, which you can hit left and right arrow on, and some of them even have sub-tabs. For example, under the Compose, there are three sub-tabs. So I'm not going to go through every single one, but I am going to quickly just tab to the one that I'm changing, and I'll explain why I'm changing that and if you want to change others and um, you know customize them to however you want, then you can certainly do that as as you move along with this or on your own time. Thunderbird start page. When Thunderbird launches, show the start page in the message area. W checkbox checked. All right, so we definitely want to uncheck that. Space unchecked. Thunderbird start page. Thunderbird when new message when new message when new play a sound. Use the add-on. Okay, cancel. General. Okay, so the rest of that screen basically allows you to pick what start page you want to display, your sound and your add-on window and that kind of stuff. So we're done with that. Display two of six. Colors text color T zeros. 
Okay, so for display, we don't need to change anything. Composition. Three of six list box. Okay, so now we're in the Composition tab, and we're going to make a couple of changes here. And you'll notice when I press Tab, General, one of three. it Add has control. three sub-tabs. Forward message. Add extension to file. Auto-save every. Auto-save every. Confirm when using keyboard shortcut to send message. See checkbox checked. Okay, so if you tab a few times under the General sub-tab, we're going to go to this checkbox. Space. Unchecked. And uncheck it, because when we send messages using the keyboard, which is Control-Enter, we don't want Thunderbird to confirm that that's really what we want to do. Check for missing attachments and checkbox checked. This one I also unchecked. Space unchecked. If your mail message has certain words like archive, zip, word, file, anything like that, just in context, Thunderbird tries to be smart and say, hey, maybe you need to send an attachment in case you're trying to send that message and you don't have an attachment. So it's a good way to remind you but it gets annoying, so I turn that off. Keywords. HTML. composition. Okay, so we're back to our composition, but I'm going to go back into the sub-tabs. General. One of three. So I'm in the general of, of uh, composition. Addressing. Two of three. Addressing. This handles, or rather, this allows you to make changes to how your address book is done. By default, every outgoing email address that you send mail to will be added to your address book, and that's okay for me. Spelling. Three of three. Okay, so under the spelling, and again, I'm still under composition, in the spelling section, I check the box that says uh, spell check messages before sending, and I also uncheck the spell as you go, or spell check as you go. Check spelling before sending. See checkbox unchecked. Space okay, check. So I'm going to check that. Enable spell check as you type. E checkbox check. Space. Unchecked. And uncheck that one. So I simply just reverse the state of those two checkboxes. Language. Link. Okay. Can't. Composition. Three of six list box. All right, I'm done. So I'm going to move on to the next major tab. Security. Four of six. And the next one. Attachments. Five of six. And the next one. Advanced six of six. The advanced tab has several tabs, sub-tabs rather, underneath. General. One of five. Tab control. This is where you control more advanced things like junk mail, receipts, that kind of stuff. The only one we're interested in right now is the second tab. Reading display, 205. Reading display. This one's very important. In the reading display, or rather, let me, let me back up a little bit. In other email programs, for example, Outlook Express, when you press enter on a message and it opens, it actually opens up in a new window. And when you're in that message reading window, you can press, for example, Alt-Right arrow, Alt-Left arrow, or Delete, or whatever, and it it loads the next or prior message or, you know, whatever in that same window. But when you're ready to go back to your list of messages in your inbox, all you have to do is press Escape, and that window closes. Okay, so there's a little bit of, of, of history on how a lot of us are used to using that type of setup with mail programs. With Thunderbird, by default, new messages are opened in new tabs. In a tab, if you're used to, for example, Internet Explorer 7 and 8 and um, Firefox, it has tab browsing, which means that you can have multiple pages open under the same browser window. This means that I can press, or for example, I could have google.com in one tab, I can have gwmicro.com in another, I could have amazon.com in a third one, and while I'm in my Firefox window, all I have to do is press control tab and I'll move between tabs without moving out of the program. Thunderbird has the same thing. So by default, what it does is opens each new message in a tab. Well, when it does that, the only way to close that message is with Control-W. 
So this is sort of counterintuitive if you're used to using email programs like Outlook Express or Windows Mail, where all you have to do is press the escape key. So we're going to change a setting in here to make it behave that way. Reading. Automatically marked immediately on this open messages in. A new tab, one of three T radio button checked. Okay, so it's a set of radio buttons. All we have to do is press down. Open messages in. A new message window, two of three and radio button checked. And that's it. Now we can tab to the OK button and press space. Reading. Display. Show only displayed. OK. Button. Space. Inbox Mozilla Thunderbird. Test one Rawlich. Okay. So now we're done with the tools and options settings. Now the next time that I go into tools and options, I'm actually I'm actually going to be placed in the same spot that, where I left off. Thunderbird does this so that wherever you leave, that's where you come back, and so it doesn't automatically start you at the beginning. Some view that as good, some view that as bad. There may be a hack to make Thunderbird automatically return you to the be very beginning, but I haven't cared enough to research it further, so I'm just letting you know that that's the way it is. Okay, um, the last part of the initial setup is making some account setting changes. And to go to your account settings is Alt-T followed by S. T, context menu, S. Menu closed, list box, account settings, magic, Asmodian.net, expanded, one of three, depth one, three view. Okay, so this window here is a tree view, so you press your up and down arrow to get to different categories based on your account. And the major branch of the tree view is your account, and then it has sub-branches um, you know, that'll, that'll be part of that account. If you have multiple accounts, for example, if you have a work email, a home email, and some other email, each one of them has its own account settings so that you can customize and, and um, you know, make things happen the way you like for each. Okay, so since we only have one account, which is magic at asmodian.net, I'm in the main part of the tree. So I'm going to press tab a few times. Account, action, account settings magic asmodian.net. Account name and magic asmodian.net edit box. So you have things like the name. Default identity. Your name why. Identities. And I'm not going to get into identities. Default identity. Email address E. Default identity. Reply to address S. Default identity. Organization O. Edit box. So here I can type in organization if I want. So I'm going to type in H -O -M -E. home. You don't have to. This is just something that I do so that if people are looking at the organization headers of the email, they can see if it's my work email or my home email or anything like that. Default identity. Use HTML.E.G. Be bold, be old. Default identity. Signature text text edit box. Okay, so for signature text, I'm going to type in a signature here. R-A-U-L space period. Pressing enter, it's a multi-line edit box, and so I can safely press enter, and it takes me to a new line on this signature box. New line. Okay, new line, and now if I press control home to go to the top. There's my first line. Next line. And third line. And then another line to put a blank at the end of my signature. So I can put in my signature here. Now Thunderbird also gives you the ability to specify a file that has your signature. And that's good for situations like you might have a program that automatically changes your signature every so often. And so the result of that is you have a random tagline or random signature when you write mail. 
Uh, there's also maybe some weather programs that might write to your signature to tell what the current weather is when you send out a message. And so if you want to get creative like that, Thunderbird gives you the ability to do so. Um, otherwise, you can just type in your signature here. So that's the first thing that I do. This is in the main account tree view. Default identity. Attach the signature from a five default 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 combo pop. Okay, cats magic asmalian.net. Expanded one of three tree view. Okay, so I'm back to my original tree view here, my main branch. I'm gonna press down. Server settings. I don't need to change anything with the server settings. This is where I would change if I need to change ports or anything like that. Copies folders two of seven. I don't need to change anything there. Composition addressing. Okay, I do need to change things here under composition and addressing. Account action. Hit tab a few times. Composition. Compose messages in HTML format. See checkbox checked. Space unchecked. Okay, I'm going to uncheck that so that I do not compose messages in HTML, which means that I will compose messages in text, and that's what I want. Composition. Automatically quote the original message when reply and M checkbox checked. Yep, that's fine. Composition. Then, T. Start my reply below the quote combo box. Okay, so I'm going to change that to start my reply above the quote. Start my reply above the quote. By default, Thunderbird will place your cursor at the very bottom of the message that you're responding to. Most people in today's email world will put their replies on top, and so Thunderbird will automatically place your cursor there. And then the next box also might need to be changed. Composition. And place my signature as below the quote recommended. Combo box. You can make it so that your signature is placed immediately after the message that you write, and I usually leave it below because that way I write my message and then immediately after that it just shows so and so said, blah blah blah, you know, and, and so on and so forth, and people don't have to go through my signature line. So it'll place my signature at the very bottom since my signature is three lines and Eventually, people know what my signature is anyway, so they don't need to know it every single time unless they want to. So I just leave it alone. Composition. Include signature for replies as checkbox checked. Okay, so it'll put my signature if I reply to a message, and then the next one... Composition. Include signature for forwards W checkbox unchecked. Okay, so it will put it in for replies, but it will not put it for forwards, and that's the default. I just leave it like that. So this is all the settings that I need to change under my account settings. So now I'm going to go ahead and tab to the OK button and press space. When, okay, cancel. OK, space. Test one raw leg, legus, magic, a smart. Okay. So I mentioned earlier that I wasn't going to go into the identities, but I will explain them a little bit. Essentially, I have an account called magicadismodian.net. And maybe when certain messages come in or messages come into a certain folder or um, it's sort of like a personality. If I want to respond to a message with a different signature or respond to a message with a different reply to line or a different display name, then I would want to set identities. And so an identity uh, is sort of like an alias of the same account. So it's still the same email account, but it just looks slightly different when you respond to it or create messages and all that. So. Um, that's getting into a little more advanced stuff, and I'm not really going to get into that, but that's essentially how it's used. So this pretty much covers the first portion of the Thunderbird tutorial. That was installing Thunderbird, initial account setup, and initial Thunderbird setup. In the next part, I'll cover things like writing mail and responding to mail. And so until then, happy emailing. Hey, 
Hi there, Main Menu listeners. This is Tim Cummings, and today I'm going to review another microphone for you, which I do from time to time. This is the Rode Video Mic, and it's kind of a unique microphone, and uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about it. First of all, for all the audio files in the crowd, let me quickly go through the microphone specifications. This microphone is a supercardioid microphone, otherwise known as having a shotgun pattern, meaning that it's more sensitive to sounds directly in front of the microphone and rejects sounds off to the sides and the back of the microphone. The frequency response is 40 hertz to 20 kilohertz, and the mic has an a high-pass switchable filter, and I'm not using the filter right now, but I will flip the filter on in a few minutes so you can hear what that sounds like. The output impedance of the microphone is 200 ohms. The signal-to-noise ratio is 74 dB. The maximum uh, sound pressure level, meaning the loudest sound the mic can record without going into distortion, depending on where you have your microphone level set on your recorder, is 134 dB. The sensitivity of the microphone is minus 38 dB. The dynamic range is 114 dB, and the microphone is powered by a 9-volt battery, which will give you approximately 100 hours of battery use, and I haven't had to change the battery as of yet. The output connector for the microphone is a 3.5-millimeter male plug, otherwise known as an 8-inch male plug, stereo plug, and the microphone, in terms of its dimensions, it weighs 3.88 ounces without a battery and 6.21 ounces with the 9-volt battery installed. The microphone is 2.5 inches high, 9.8 inches long, and 4.5 inches in width. So those are the basic specifications of the microphone. I'm running the microphone right now. I'm actually running it into my mixer. You can get a little adapter for it to attach to the 8-inch plug so that you can turn that into a, an XLR connector so you can connect it to a standard mixer, which I have it connected to at the moment, and it's I'm recording this on my Adderall R1. I could just as easily plug the mic directly into the Adderall R1. Now, the first thing you'll notice about this microphone when you take it out of the box is that it is extremely, extremely light. And the reason that it is extremely, extremely light is because the microphone primarily, for the most part, is made out of plastic. And people might think, well, that's kind of chintzy. Why would they make the mic out of plastic? It's very strong ABS plastic. The reason that Rode made the mic out of plastic is they wanted it to be very light so that it could be mounted on video cameras. This mic is primarily designed to be mounted on a video camera. And in fact, it has on the bottom of it what's called a hot shoe adapter, which has a little screw basically on the bottom, which attaches to the hot shoe on the top of a video camera. And you can just attach the microphone to the video camera that way. The second thing you'll notice is that the mic comes with its own, not only its own windscreen, but its own shock mount. And this is uh, very ingenious. Coming out from the battery compartment in the back of the mic is a pylon which runs between both ends of the microphone. Each end is round on the end of the uh, where the pylon runs between the shock mount and there's four O-rings on each end of the shock mount which help suspend the mic to prevent a lot of noise being transmitted to the microphone when it's when it's moved around. Now you're saying, well, if I don't have a video camera, how can I mount this microphone? What can I, how do I mount it to a traditional microphone stand? Well, Rode has thought of that too, because on the bottom of the shock mount, you will find two different size mounts. One is an 3 eighths inch mount and one is a quarter inch mount. You can get an adapter, which you can screw into one of these mounts so you, you can mount the microphone to a traditional microphone stand with a 5 eighths inch uh, thread on it, which I've got it mounted to now. 
When they say this mic is directional, they're not kidding, and I'm going to give you just a little quick example of that. I'm now speaking directly into the front of the microphone, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the mic 90 degrees away from me, so I'm speaking into the side of it. So now I'm speaking into the side of the microphone. It's 90 degrees away from me. As you can tell, this my audio has dropped quite a bit. I am off axis when speaking into the microphone. Now I'm going to turn the microphone so that, around so that I'm speaking in, into the back of it. So now I'm speaking into the back of the microphone. As you can tell, it sounds like I'm even further away. Let me turn it back around to the front now. So now I'm speaking back into the front of the microphone. And for the past couple of minutes using this microphone, I've been using it in the flat mode, meaning without the filter running, without the high-pass filter. I'm going to now uh, engage the high-pass filter, which rolls off at about 80 hertz, and you should be able to tell a little bit of a difference. And you just accomplish this as a switch on the back of the microphone that you flip up, which I'm going to do now. And now I'm running the 80 hertz high-pass filter. And as you can tell, uh, there's definitely less bass in the sound. And this this is, if you're doing recording, for example, in a room where there's a lot of rumble, maybe where there's an an air conditioning unit or something like that, um, you might want to use this filter. The other thing that these microphones are, that a lot of people use them for, is voiceovers. Because you can get up close to the mic and get very nice sound for if you're doing voiceovers. If you've got a booth in your house or, or a very quiet room. Let me turn the filter back off here now. Now I'm back running the mic in normal unfiltered mode. Now I'm in a very small room here. You'll hear a little bit of echo, but... I want to do a little demonstration to show you how this mic sounds compared to an omnidirectional mic, just to give you an idea of kind of the difference in the sound between the two. I'm going to now switch to another mic that I have, which is an Audio-Technica ATM-10A. It's, a, it's an omnidirectional mic, meaning it's designed to pick up sound in all directions. This is the Audio-Technica atm 10A microphone. It's a lot more, you hear a lot more of the room using this microphone than with the Rode, because it's picking up sounds from all different sides and uh, not just from in front of the microphone. So it's got more of an open sound to it. And obviously using this microphone, if you were using it in a situation where you're trying to record someone that was fairly far away, you'd be picking up a lot more of the background noise if there was background noise to pick up. Let me now switch back to the Rode microphone. Okay, now we're back on the Rode microphone. You may be wondering, well, what type of situation would you use a microphone like this in? People, obviously, who use it with their video cameras probably would use it at weddings or anywhere where they're shooting something and they and they want to be able to record what's in the shot of the video, record the person that they're videoing, and reject a lot of background noise from the sides and the rear. Where I have used this microphone, and I'm going to play you a little bit of a demo of this, is I've used this as at our local computer users group meeting. The setup that we have there is the person who's presenting is usually up at the front of the room and the room is set up like a classroom style and then you have the people in the audience sitting at desks in rows all going all the way to the back of the room asking questions. And so what I did at one of our last meetings was I used this microphone and you can get what's called a pistol grip, which is a little grip that you attach to the bottom of the mic that allows you to hold the microphone in your hand and move it uh, back and forth, being able to point it in the direction that you want to point it. So what I did at our last meeting was I used this microphone and whoever was speaking, I would point it in their direction. They say that a microphone like this generally, anything out to about five feet, it picks up pretty well. So what I'd like to do now is play you this selection. You'll hear different people. The one guy who was right to the left of me, he was very close to me. He was sitting right next to me. So when I pointed the mic at him, uh, it sounds like he's speaking right into the microphone. The other people were a little bit further away. You will notice a difference. You'll notice the volume coming up when you hear this sample. So let me uh, play this sample for you.
machine running? Can it back up that virtual know. machine while it's running? I don't know. I would tend to think not because I think it waits until the file is no longer in use to do what it's going to do. It also waits until your computer itself is not busy. So if it sees that you're really doing a lot of stuff, it won't try to do anything. Yeah, it do it'll anything. it'll wait until you've been idle for a while and then it and that's when it takes over and does its thing. Some online backup solutions will also send you media or in the case of like if you are backing up your business, they'll send you an appliance to locally do that backup and send it to them, you know, if you have a lot of data. I don't know if Carbonite does it work does both that. ways? Could you, like, order a copy of backup? Depending on the provider. But, yes, there are some providers that do that. I don't think Carbonite does that, no, though. No, Because no. I checked into that. Do you have to subscribe for each computer in your house? Yes. But, it. I mean, well, for one thing, they do have some reduction in rates if you're, if you're doing two or three computers. Mm-hmm. But the other issue is you'd spend an awful lot more money than that if you lose your data. So as you can tell, it does seem to work. Now, I have not tested this microphone in an outdoor setting. The interesting thing is it does come with a windscreen. However, what they recommend is that if you're going to be using it outdoors and it's going to be in very windy situations, there's an added windscreen that you can get, which actually looks like a piece of fur that you uh, put over the microphone, and that's supposed to help you in windier situations. Last thing uh, I'd like to mention about this microphone before I let you know where you can purchase it and any of the, the accessories that go with it is that like other directional microphones like other types of cardioid mics if you get up close to this mic as you can hear the bass uh, definitely increases and this is what's known as proximity effect so this can be a help or a hindrance depending on what kind of voice you have and what kind of sound you want out of the microphone now you probably want to know what's the price of this mic and where can i buy it if i'm interested it is priced around 150 dollars wherever you purchase it from and which is quite inexpensive compared to other shotgun microphones. You can get it at a couple different places. I purchased it at the Sound Professionals, www.soundprofessionals.com. But you can also get it through Amazon. And the other place that I recommend going is through BSW, www.bswusa.com. That stands for Broadcast Supply. I think it's Broadcast Supply West. Other thing is that if you buy this microphone, it comes with a two-year warranty. However, if you go on to Rhodes site www.roadmic.com r-o-d-e-m-i-c.com you can extend that warranty to 10 years from two years to 10 years which i thought was uh, was pretty good so i hope you've enjoyed this review if you have any questions you can email me at th cummings c-u-m-i-n-g-s at comcast.net for main menu this is tim cummings Here's an important announcement regarding the U.S. Census and you. It's U.S. Census time when the government takes count of all its citizens to determine how funding is distributed in the various regions and even how many congressional representatives we have. We want you to be counted, too. Beginning Monday, April 12th, if you have blindness, visual, or other disability, you can fill out your census form over the phone. Call 1-866-872-6868. The number again is 1-866-872-6868, starting Monday, April 12th. The sooner you call, the less likely a census worker will visit your home. Be counted. Take part in the U.S. Census. Good evening to all main menu listeners. My name is Juan Carlos Alicia, but my friends and family call me JC, and I'm here to bring another extensive review for ACB Radio's main menu. 
The last time I was here, I did a review on the Moshi Interactive Voice Response Talking Travel Alarm. But however, this time I'm here to bring another review regarding an exciting product, which is a Windows Mobile-based smartphone. Before we get to the review, however, I would like to share my contact information just in case if you have any questions about the phone or the program that I will be demonstrating for you tonight. My email address is jc underscore djmac, that is spelled djmac at yahoo dot com. You could also contact me via Skype. My Skype username is jc underscore djmac. And I will repeat this at the end of the review. Now, what I'm holding in my hand right now is the new T-Mobile Dash 3G. It is similar to the regular Dash because it is running on the Windows Mobile-based platform or as we call it, the Windows Mobile environment. It has large and distinctive tactilely identifiable buttons. You have your regular keypad, your 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, your 7, 8, 9, and your star, 0, or pound, otherwise known as the hash key, and you have your talk and left soft and right soft keys. You also have your home key and your back key. Other keys, I don't know what they do and I am not going to get into them at the moment. The program that I have installed that you will be hearing is Mobile Speak 4 for Windows Mobile Smartphones. And please be aware, folks, that I have a trial of MobileSpeak. I am about to get a full license of MobileSpeak from my good friend Chuck Cohen, who is a member of SeaTech. And big shout to Chuck, by the way, who is working all the way from SeaTech in New York City. And I will be purchasing the license from him. But for now, I am using the trial license at the moment. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the phone on, and I do not have stereo mix, so you won't be able to hear it through the computer. However, I am going to put it towards the speaker, I mean the microphone, and that you will be able to hear it as best as possible. So, here we go. And the phone just vibrated. The trial license is free if any of you would like to participate in the trial. I suggest you download it and install it to your phone. The cost for the trial activation is $2.99. And you'll need a credit card for this. You'll be able to activate the trial and receive technical support. There is a phone number based license feature which I'll get to in a little bit later throughout the demonstration. And we just heard the Windows startup sound, so that means MobileSpeak is running. Let me just dismiss this dialogue that pop up. Internet Explorer window. Okay. 
Internet Explorer window. Le hang up. Today screen. And we are on the Today screen. Much like the Pac-Man Omni, the first screen you come across is the Today screen. And the Today screen provides different tasks or different operations. You could check your calendar, you could check your appointments, your contacts, all of that from a Windows perspective. So I'm going to push the down arrow Almost now. Speak. Calls and message. Appointments, tasks, internet favorites, my documents, my device, recent applications, 10 pages, settings. And you're at the recent applications field. This gives you a list of the applications that are recently opened or have not been opened, such as your settings and other stuff that I've opened and viewed. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to go to the internet. MobileSpeak provides great access to the internet. So I'm going to move up with my trackball. Sorry folks, it went to sleep on me. I'm waking it up again. My my document, internet favorites, 19 pages. Okay, so let's go to Facebook. And a lot of people who I talk to these days on Facebook, such as Jonathan Mosin. So we are going to check on Facebook to see how he's doing as well as some other people. So here we go. I'm going to push the enter key now. Done. Internet Explorer okay, there we window. go. Left soft stop. Right soft menu. 31%. And the speech synthesizer that I'm using is the DeckTalk Access 32. There are other synthesizers I wanted to download and try out the Liquendo voices, but they were too big. I'm going to push the down arrow key to move to the list of links. Link, 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 events, links, link, links, link, 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 site, link, the link, link, news feed, link, link, make share what's on your mind. And I type in a quick message here. Alpha mode, lowercase, edit, type in text, done. Right, so I. Apostrophe. M. I. D. O. I. B. B. N. G. Doing. A. A. R. E. C. C. I E W Review F O R 4 A C B Act R A D U I I U I O S Radios N N And I'm going to post it to Facebook. 
And it finished. So, as you could see, mobile speak is very responsive to accessing the internet and to the links and headings and all of that those are very accessible so uh thanks to code factory for making that adjustment to internet access now i'm going to go on to talk a little bit about the licensing method before we continue the licensing method for mobile speak is very good i'm going to try this as soon as i get the license for it but what that means is let's say you have a mobile phone and it's running the Windows Mobile platform or the Symbian platform. So what you could do is, when you put your phone number through CodeFactory, your number will be the CodeFactory's ID. So as long as you own that phone, as long as you keep the same phone number, etc., you'll be able to have access to activating MobileSpeak and activating other products using your mobile phone number. Some of you may be asking yourself, well, what if my phone gets lost or stolen? Well, no problem. In the past, with prior versions of MobileSpeak, you had to um, purchase or fill out all the paperwork that need to be done so that you could get a free MobileSpeak license number. But thanks to MobileSpeak 4, you now have the ability to have your mobile number as your user ID so when you install a different sim card you can install it and activate it using your mobile phone number which is a great great feature so on with the rest of the demo now I showed you the internet features I'm now going to show you the exciting and much anticipated long-awaited help feature now MobileSpeak provides a great command layout, so I'm going to push the command key followed by the number 5 key so that you could hear what the commands are being spoken. So I'm going to press command. Oh, phone's not woken up, so I'm going to get command again. Oops, <laughs> sorry folks, I just dialed the wrong number. Anyway, let me try again. I, I think I hit the wrong keypad. Okay. Now it's on. Press command modifier key or go to greater tap to open paren for touch devices. Close paren again to exit this mode. So I'm going to hit the 7 key. Punctuation verbosity command. Changes the punctuation level from automaticism to none. This can be repeated without pressing the command modifier again, which toggles off after 3 seconds that no command is performed. I'll push number 8. Spell last command. Spells the last spoken text using either the alphabet or phonetic names of letters. 9. Keyboard echo command. Changes the keyboard echo from all the characters to words to none. Now push 1. Date and time command. Reads the date and time currently set on the device. So that is a good feature if you want to get familiar with mobile speak or would like to get a field on what commands are described for mobile speak or your first time customer i guarantee you to look at the commands read the manual online which is at www.codefactory.s and then you can view the manual you could uh, download a copy if you wish to have a copy for your own convenience 
and all that st sort of stuff. One last feature before I conclude the main menu review. Um, a lot of people are asking how to turn the tutor messages on or off. So I'm going to get the command key plus the home key to go through the verbo verbosity list. Hang up. Command. Back. Bar and page link. Oops, I, hit, I meant to hit the back key. Okay, there we go. Now I have the... Left soft start, right soft contacts. Okay, now I got the tutor messages on. And there's a way you could turn it off. I'm going to go to the preferences or the control panel, as I should say, by hitting command plus right soft key. Command. Mobile speak window. Main settings page. One of four. List. One general, left soft options. And I'm gonna go profile. back. Profile configuration. Okay. Three of four. Two key feet. Four ten. Five or six. Five or Enter. Five verbosity. Verbosity window. Speak soft keys. Checkbox checked. To clear the check mark. Press enter or space. Left soft o speaker and item index. Speak tutor messages. Checkbox checked. To clear the check mark. Press enter or space. Okay, the check mark is checked, so I'm gonna leave tutor messages on. You could turn it off if you wish, but I prefer to leave it on for beginners. If you are an intermediate user or an advanced user and prefer tutor messages off, you could turn it off by unchecking the mark. But I'm gonna leave it on for the purpose of this demo so you could hear what the tutor messages sound like. Speak submenu item check, speak keyboard shortcuts, graphics verbosity, list, labeled. One of speaker and item index checkbox checked. Command. Oops, I hit the wrong keypad. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to graphics verbosity list labeled. One status. Default. Profile configuration page. Three of four. List start window. List seven. Hang okay. up. Appointments. The start menu, let me show you that real quick. I'm gonna go to the start menu. And it's very responsive. You could access the start menu from within the application. Well, that concludes my review of the HTC-3G from HTC and T-Mobile. I hope this review summarizes the many new and exciting features in mobile speak. I'm going to give you my contact information one last time as well as the website where you would like to find out more information about the program. My email address is jc underscore djmac at yahoo.com That's jc underscore djmac at y-a-h-o-o dot com You could also hit me up on Skype. My Skype username is jc underscore djmac And the website if you would like to find out more information about mobile speak is http colon slash slash www dot codefactory.es Once again, that website is 
http colon slash slash www.codefactory.es Thank you and have a wonderful evening. For Main Menu, I'm Juan Carlos Alicia. That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week. <laughs>